0: Hey guys, before we get started, I just want to warn you that this episode contains talk of sexual assault, emotional abuse, sexual abuse, um, uh, suicide, lots of self-harm in here. Um, what can I tell you? It's an episode about a sex cult. So it's important that uh, you know that, you know what lies ahead and that you take care of yourself. And if this is going to make this a tough listen for you, skip it and I'll see you on the next one. Thanks. Hey guys, Princess here, and welcome to another episode of Five Pumpkin. Um, hey, I'm not gonna lie to you and act like I know when this damn podcast is gonna go out because I am banking um, episodes so that I don't have to record in December. So I, you know, I who knows? Ask the manager. Oh, I'm the only person that works here. Oh, well, I still don't know. So <laughs> um, today is a day after Thanksgiving, which is Black Friday, which, you know, I'm not gonna do the joke. But anyway, <laughs> um, I have spent a day running around for Bunny's birthday party, which is tomorrow. Um, and so I've been everywhere and done everything, and I'm fucking exhausted, and now after all that, all the kids that are asleep. I, I'm going to record this podcast. After all that, I need to wrap presents. So let's get this fucking show in the row. Guys, um, today I want to talk about The Vow, specifically season two. Um, I finished it this week and I found it to be a compelling show. It's I, it, I watched it when it came out every week. Um, the only thing I'm really watching on day one right now is Sister Wives and The Vow. And so, you know, I wanted to talk a bit about it. Um, I'm there's if you notice, I did not say that this episode is about Nexium because it's not. It's about a documentary, a docu series called The Vow. Now, in so this is season two. In the first season. It was all about, goodness, hold on. I need to get these names. Cause you know, I'm about to call him tall guy with beard and too much video. Hold on. I'm back. His name is Mark Vicente. It was about, it was kind of really through the eyes of Mark Vicente and Sarah Edmondson. Um, and uh, Mark's, are they married? Are they married? Maybe, I don't know. Mark's partner, Bonnie. And it was really through their eyes. We, we, we kind of, uh, Mark's a filmmaker. So apparently if you're a filmmaker, you just walk around filming people all the fucking time and recording phone calls and shit like that. That's, is that normal? I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's fine if you want to record a phone call with me. Like, I'm not saying anything. Like, I'm a very transparent person to be honest. I I'll tell you almost anything. Um, and I stand 10 toes down on whatever I said. If, if you're like, well, Prince is on the recording, you were calling me ugly. I'm like, well, you are ugly. And I, like, <laughs> no, I stand by what I fucking said, um, at the time. Like, and so it's not a problem with being recorded. I just find that weird. But anyway, um, Mark Vicente, so he has all this, um, footage he, of, of, Nexium and himself and all these inexperience is, um, so that's one of the reasons you get the hook in him. And then what happened is that his partner, Bonnie left, um, was feeling like shit was weird, was feeling like people, like people were doing shit they weren't supposed to be doing, that this wasn't about self-improvement. It was about, you know, whatever. It was about um, amassing power and then exercising that power over other people in the forms of sexual relationships and money. And so she leaves and we get to watch through through those videos and calls and everything. We get to see how she gets Mark to leave as well. Um, Sarah Edmondson is more relevant to the DOS part of it. So Nexium was this company, uh, owned by Nancy Saltzman and Keith Rainier. Nancy Saltzman was, listen, that lady's voice, <laughs> the way she talks and she explains things on camera, it is soothing and also scary. And so, I mean, I guess she was in the self-help um, visualization, be a better you, Uh, game for a while, uh, doing things like for American Express and like big, big companies and things like uh, executive, uh, I was about to say executive realness, Uh, executive improvement and stuff. And Keith, who had had a number of businesses, came to her and was like, I have a new idea for um, a new program for self-actualization and they started working together and they became this pro they they have this business called nexium and people take courses um and to I'm, I'm gonna keep say, saying self-actualize but mostly they were talking about conquering fear and conquering emotions and and thoughts to get yourself to where you want to be. Okay. So they have this company. They had it for a long time. Um it's very cult like. I mean I'm just gonna say it was a fucking cult. And <laughs> it was a fucking cult. And I I'm saying it like like there's the jury's still out. No, it's not convicted. <laughs> this jury's not out. <laughs> but um what they would do is they would kind of draw people into this organization. It was very Scientology-like, you know. Scientology, um, the basic courses they that you take before they they start bringing you in and talk, talking talking about the aliens are about speaking confidently, um, uh, getting what you want, things like communication, things like that. Um, that. The shit is true, right? The shit in those little courses are true. And they bring you in for stuff. It, it brings you further and further into the organization. And so I have no doubt that Nexium's shit, base level shit, was helpful. Um, in fact, in the second season, we see that they had done some they they had done some work with uh people who had Tourette syndrome and had been able to kind of sever the source of the twitching and 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 um, things, the emotional source from that and it's seen great success. I'll, I'll get back to that because I don't know how much success they saw. But so some of the things were useful, but the real thing was getting involved in this organization. And... Um, Gosh, I don't know where these names came from, but Keith was Vanguard and Nancy was Proctor and they would teach and they would, you know, they made a lot of fucking money. They would try to get, they they actually, I think they were modeling themselves in Scientology because they had talked about getting actresses, getting in Hollywood, getting government officials, trying to get those sort of people to join the organization and be with them. And um, so what happens is there are lots of bad things that happen in the course of Nexium, right? Um, just really cult-like things that where we get people, we're, we're taking all their money, we're separating people from their support systems, we're um, being financially abusive to um, people in the organization, asking them to work for free, asking. Um, making them work in exchange for classes, but but making the prices of the classes really high and, and then they owe you a big debt and you have to work it off shit like that. They're also really big in Mexico. And so a lot of their, not a lot, but a good portion of the members were um, in Mexico. That's gonna be important later. Um, and so there were certain, there are lots of things that should have been done but mostly Keith was fucking everybody and I don't mean it like I don't mean it like fucking everybody like he's got a hot dick right just running around slinging hot dick left and right no more like as his I mean really the the the, the shit centered around him as the most important person in the room at all times as the most powerful person in the room at all times he used that to kind of uh, bring in a harem of women. Some knew about each other, some didn't. They were increasingly younger and younger and younger. We found out in the vow too, that he was sleeping with some of these women when they were 15 years old. And so I will call them a girl at that time. Um, so 15, 16 years old, he was He was uh, using manipulation tactics and uh, emotional abuse tactics against I mean, he ended up ruining a whole fucking family, but he would do this throughout the entire like organization. He would be playing with people's heads and trying to force women to lose weight. That was a big thing. He always wanted everyone to lose a lot, a lot of weight. Um, and those abuses that happened with Keith are separate from when the sex cult thing starts. Um, I'll talk more about Nancy's shit in a minute, but because I'm just trying to give you like a... Um, I'm, I'm sure no one listening to this has not heard of this, but just kind of give you an overview of what happened. So at some point, there's this secret organization within Nexium called DOS, and it's a sorority. And what it is is made up of masters who all answer to Keith's as a grandmaster, and then they all have a bunch of slaves. And what they would do to get you to join this women's empowerment group, this secret sorority, is they would tell you about something that's great, so it's going to take you to the next level, something that, like, uh, the one thing you've been missing is this. And before they get you, before they can even tell you what it is, they get collateral against you. And collateral for most of them were new picks, like, um... They, they just get you to, to take a bunch of new pictures of yourself. Um, for one, she was talking about how they made her, made her, they didn't make them do this part, okay? They asked them to do this part. They made them do the next part. So had them write a letter to their parents that, saying that they were a sex worker and that, uh, and like graphic sexual things in it and they were gonna mail it. So it was collateral. If you don't do what I tell, if you, if you, if you violate, then I will mail this to your parents and destroy your life. Um, with India from, gosh, I forget her last name. I know damn well I watched a reality TV show that had India, her mother, who's like a countess or something like that or a duchess or a princess, I don't know. And she was married to a guy named Casper. He used to be on Melrose Merrill, Place. So that was enough for me to watch a fucking reality TV show in USA. So, but India, um, for her, they had her write like a bunch of family secrets um, that they were gonna, much like Scientology does, where they where they have you can do all your confessions and then they keep, they videotape it and keep it for you and keep it to use against you. So, and what they found out after they'd given the collateral is that this was like a master-slave relationship and they needed to do whatever they were told and this would help them like, d- great discipline and stuff. They, they really viewed it as a women's empowerment especially for Sarah Edmondson, something she said, because I was like, I I didn't quite get it until she explained that. She was brought in by Lauren Saltzman, which is uh, Nancy's daughter. She That she thought this was a group of women run women doing women things. And yes, the slave master stuff was weird and you had to do what you, yeah, but she thought it was women and women. And what a lot of them didn't know was that Keith was the grand uh, master and that he uh, was in charge of all. They didn't think Keith was a part of it at all. It's still freaky. I mean, listen, could they have got me? No, because I'm, I'm uh, unfortunately, anything that says the word slaving is not for me, baby. So <laughs> eh, eh, eh. get somebody else to do it. It's so, like, I no. I mean, the truth is that I always say uh, that I'm not immune to this sort of thing because I do. I my worst quality is I believe we could all be a little better every single time. Like as soon as I hit a goal, I'm like, okay, well I could, I could tweak that. I could do better, and and so I am interested in being a better person. I am interested in um, self reflection and therapy shit and. And how I can you trick my mind into different things. I am interested in that. But here's what you ain't gonna get me because Keith did a couple of things that wouldn't have worked for me. One, he kissed everybody on the mouth. Everybody. Everybody. I even saw him kiss a man on the mouth. Maybe maybe, maybe you know what? Maybe I'm mis- maybe I misunderstood, but he's kissing everybody on the mouth. And Mono. COVID. No, I'm not doing, this is pre pre COVID, but still I'm not doing that. And that's gross Two people. People's breath isn't good. That's what I'm going to just keep it real. People's breath is kind of like, and so I just don't, I don't want to be that close to anybody's mouth. I don't want any of that. Um, and two, he had these, like, he would be going on these walks in the middle of the night. He would have these midnight, uh, volleyball games. You would have to go to, I can't go to no midnight volleyball game guys. I got to go to sleep. I can't do that. My bed is calling me. Volleyball? No. No. And also, they were in Albany. And you're not going to convince me that you know the secret of life when you live in Albany. Now, here's that. That's me talking shit about Albany. I'm not really talking shit about Albany. I'm just saying that they're like, come learn the secrets of life. It's in Albany. I'm like, okay, well, why is it in Albany? What y'all doing up there? So for all the ways that like a lot of this talk would have got, would have like appealed to me, would have attracted me. I am a professional skeptic. So I definitely, as soon as they were like, the course is $1,700. I'm like, nope, out, I'm out. (laughs) So, but Keith is using this DOS thing to really, he's sleeping with all the first line slaves and he is, having them ask their slaves to start sexual relationships with him and to, um, like their command from their master would be like seduce Keith, uh, and shit like that. And so, so he could have sexual relationships with them. Um, and also making sure they, they, you know, they lost a lot of weight. Um, uh, I'm going to talk, about, I want to, I want to wait, I want to talk about Nancy in her own section, but there is a person who mentions that Nancy was in charge of punishing her for her ethical breach, which was, I don't know, a mistake you made to Keith or whatever, and then you're in trouble for it. And her ethical breach that she made with Keith is that she did not weigh 95 pounds. this grown woman. And so, th- just to give you a taste of what that is, but what happened is about, after after this has been going on a while, the women decided to brand the slaves with a symbol. It's a symbol. But when turned on the side, it's Keith's, Initials uh K A R. Um, there's a lot of talk about the branding. Um, the first person who got branded, um, I believe did not agree to be branded. They she just was branded. Um, the rest of them agreed to be bl- branded, I believe. Um but agreed, consented to under what circumstances? Was it an informed consent? They didn't know that it was Keith's initials. They didn't realize that um, Keith was the one doing this. The ones that weren't sleeping with him didn't even have contact with Keith. Uh, they, so what is consent? Consent is I know all of the information necessary to make the decision. And I make the decision with no, with like no threat of, you know, Recourse, recourse, no threat of like revenge or an action coming back to me in a bad way. So no, I, I don't, they didn't agree to do it. They all had collateral on them. They all knew that if they didn't do something that if they, if they, if they one told anybody about the organization or did something like that, their collateral will be released Um, I don't think they would have gotten naked pictures of me, but if they did get naked pictures of me, show them to people like, fuck it, fuck, show it to everybody. Put it, go. (laughs) I mean, obviously I'm talking from a space of being fully clothed and no one has naked pictures of me. They're threatening to release if I don't burn my skin. Um, but as one of the, uh, women in the doc put it, uh, I just refuse to be like, I don't negotiate with terrorists. I'll blow this whole shit up, blow it up. I'm ready. <laughs> like, I just, I, I, it puts me in a bad I, I, I find it very hard to, to acquiesce to people when they threaten me. And so I know that I would have, depending on what the collateral was, I would have thought long and hard about being like, just put that shit out there then who cares? um but again you don't know what you do until you're there so who knows what I would have actually done in the situation so this is the part where things got get the, the dos is the beginning of the of nexium's takedown because um people start going public Sarah uh Mark um about what about this thing um other things start getting, start, uh th- that starts the ball rolling. Uh, the government gets involved. And at some point, Keith decides to go to Mexico with his frontline slaves. Um, according to Lauren, she had been told that they were gonna be doing some group sex um, as a gift to Keith for himself. Um, so... They go down to Mexico and he's arrested there. And he is, when the 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 Mexican, I don't know what the Mexican FBI is, but when the Mexican officials are like taking them down, Keith runs in a room and hides in a closet. I don't know why, he, they're here for you, Keith. <laughs> but Lauren says that, Lauren says that when it came down to it, she thought that she would lay her life down for Keith, but she didn't know that Keith was all, that her most important thing was Keith. She didn't know that Keith's most important thing was also Keith. I don't know why you didn't know that. But at that point, at that point. Cause at that point, Lauren had been, gosh, Lauren was in her forties, or about to be in her forties. And she'd been had a relationship with him for 20 years. Since he was in college, since she was, since she got out of college, and he'd been promising her a baby, and then, um, then not having a baby, uh, he got I, I believe he got the fifteen year old pregnant, and mm, no, he got this the other, so we're gonna be talking about like various women and one of them is named Daniela, Danny. And Danny is one that he didn't have start having sex until her 18th birthday. And then she ended up getting pregnant and and he had her get an abortion. He actually told her, because there's another thing. They tape everything, like I said, but Keith taped everything. He said people would need it for prosperity purposes, but they would talk about crimes while they were texting, while they were taping. And some of this stuff that they're like, um, they'll tell you something wild. And you're like, okay, well, I don't know if that happened. And then there's the tape of it happening. You're like, oh, so they were just gonna like, okay, fine. But as he's, so, so I don't know if this is on tape or if this is um a text message because they have tons of WhatsApps uh between all of them. And and emails, all kinds of shit. He tells her that having an abortion will really jumpstart her fitness. That it's it's like proven and that there are Olympic athletes who get pregnant on purpose so they can have an abortion so they can have a, a bit of a like a, a push for the games. Bro. Of course, I think she's like 22 or something like that. So yeah, like, I don't blame her for it. I'm just like, what? (laughs) He's not, I was gonna say he's not good at what he does, but he is, he is good because he's gotten plenty of people to do whatever he wants. But mostly women. If you notice, you look at all these pictures of Nexium like, gatherings and it's just a ton of sure there are men there but there's tons and tons of pictures of women and all the pictures of keith are just women all around him like no one ever thought like how come there are no men here although keith and mark are apparently we're apparently very close and best friends so anyway um he gets arrested he goes to trial many of the women that were in mexico also get arrested and go to trial um, and Nancy gets arrested. Um, the, the charge is racketeering, which is interesting. Um, it's the Southern District of New York that's, uh, prosecuting them, I believe. I could be wrong. Um, but, but they have, you know, big history with racketeering because, you know, that's usually used against organized crime, but this is organized crime. This is an organization that committed crimes. And so... Uh, the racketeering is essential to this because because a couple of things one you don't have to know what Keith was doing to be a part of it because racketeering asserts that everyone is helping to commit these crimes through their own actions you don't have to be at that crime you don't have to uh, plan that crime you just have to be a part of the organization that that is com- that is committing the crime um. So that's very interesting to me, uh. But that's the charge, okay? So what happens? Just just so we can like, I can uh wrap up this summary. What happens is that many of the women plead guilty, uh, and get a plea deal, including Nancy. But they all have to testify against Keith, and then he will, and then they will get their sentencing's which is very interesting. And you know, it's one of those things where um, if you get your sentencing after you testify, then you must testify, right? Because if you're sending a recommendation, uh, you know, the prosecutor can say, well, they agreed to testify and help them blah, blah, and they didn't like So um, Keith gets uh, convicted. We see a lot of his lawyer in the second season. So the battle two is all about the trials, right? All, they tell other things, but it's, 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 it follows the timeline, not the timeline. It follows the structure of the trial. Um, how much time did Keith get? I'm trying to remember. Okay, so they convicted him on... What did they convict him on? I just saw it here. Mm-mm. Oh, they convicted him on um, racketeering charges for a pattern of crimes, including the sexual exploita- exploitation of a child, sex trafficking of women, and conspiracy to commit forced labor. Um, I, well, I'll talk about that when I talk about money, but I'm, why are there no financial crimes in there? Interesting. Um, so he got 120 years in prison there are 25 victim impact statements and he's in tucson um i guess he's lady stop shaking those those tags um yeah so um nancy ends up getting four and a half like like a lot of them got like 2 years and 3 years i think um gosh what did lauren get i think lauren got um I think Lauren got uh five years of probation. And that might be because her testimony, like she's the only one that could test that, that could testify like about the inner workings of DOS. Um she was very close to Keith and uh Yeah. And I think uh Nancy Salzman got um three years. Maybe just under four years, which I, which I was like, oh damn, they serious. They sent an old white lady to prison. Okay. I'm, but she deserves it. <laughs> she fucking deserves it guys. And so... Uh, one of those things I had a problem with with the Val too is how they did not talk enough about Nancy's crimes, right? So we see Nancy. Nancy's crying about her mother. She's taking care of her mother. We see her, you know, worried about her daughter and all these other things. Na- guys, there's one scene where Nancy talks about where she's screaming and she's 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 talking about how you control your emotion. She's screaming She's she's and she's very upset and then she quickly switches. You know, that reminds me of that TikTok trend where where um it was mostly white women i didn't see any black women doing it where they would uh cry and and then quickly be like ah i was faking it um that right there and like oh okay all right i see um but guys when they arrested nancy they arrested nancy she had half a million dollars in cash in her home um Throughout the trial, she reportedly, reportedly, I don't know. Cause I don't think uh, these are, they were talking about in victim impact statements. She reportedly attempted to intimidate some of the victims from giving impact statements. She, the truth is she stuck with Keith the entire time until she got arrested. Even after the reports are coming out about DOS and everything, um, One thing that I was like, oh, I didn't fucking know this. Nancy, so Nancy has two daughters and her daughters, one of her daughters is Lauren Salzman. Lauren Salzman had a very long relationship with Keith, maybe 20 years, a long time. Was it 20 years? Hold on. Let me double check because I, cause I know how y'all would be like, Princess, it wasn't 20 years. Okay, okay, okay. Calm down. Okay, I'm back. Uh, Lauren's 45 and she started up with Nexium right out of college. This was early days of Nancy and Keith working together um and Keith immediately started a sexual relationship with her that they kept a secret and he was also trying to fuck her sister but her sister wouldn't do it and controlled her life for 20 years um forced her and forced her so one of the times one of the I'm having problems with the language here because the thing is all the women we see in the documentary are victims, right? But some of them are, or docuseries, excuse me, but some of them are also, um, perpetrators and it is possible to be a victim and a perpetrator at the same time. Many victims become perpetrators because of the trauma that, like, it's possible. But Lauren's one of those cases in that she was in the web of Keith for twenty years, telling her he was gonna marry her, then then claiming she, she had an ethical breach because she weighed too much or various other things like that. But she was a driving force behind Doss. She really was. Um But back to Nancy. So the thing about Nancy though is that <sighs> this doesn't happen without Nancy. Nancy had the name, Nancy had the um had the background when she met Keith. By the way, Nancy has exaggerated her background. She has claimed to be a licensed therapist. She is not. She uh has claimed many things that are not true. Nancy also When Keith came to Nancy, Nancy, he, he had ideas. Nancy was the one who executed them. Like, like she says in the doc, she says, um, he thought there were going to be 20 modules. I wrote over 2000 modules and she was the face. She was the one on the videos with that weird, creepy, calm voice at the same time. Um, and she ran this organization as one victim impact statement said Keith was a lazy sex crazed like nobody and although he was like the center of the of the of the organization the daily work was Nancy and so he wasn't sleeping with Nancy by the way she he's probably the only one she wasn't he wasn't fucking sleeping with but even Nancy says he would come over and he, he people would think he was working but he was just sitting at her house asking her to make him breakfast or something um, it Nancy. Nancy was the one that that oversaw the work for the 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 work for trade program. That's where people would work for the organization in, change, in exchange for um classes and things. One victim alleged that Nancy. Nancy was her employer. Nancy was. Uh, her contact in the program and Nancy, so Nancy held her work visa and Nancy also was her landlord. And so Nancy would decrease her pay and raise her rent. So she would be more in financial debt. Nancy would refuse to pay her overtime. Nancy, um, uh, mentally abused her cause she didn't weigh 95 pounds the way Keith wanted. Keith would often Keith would often decide something and Nancy would be the executioner. So Keith was Mr. Burns and Nancy was Smithers, okay? And in a way, you hate Smithers more than you hate Mr. Burns. You know what I mean? Because they're, Smithers is the one that calls the fucking the dogs out on you and tells you and tries to gaslight you and thinking that this is you all your fault. Um, So Nancy did a lot of shit. Nancy in the in the dock she talks about how one of the things reason she's so mad at Sarah is because when Sarah did, got out when Sarah realized that she had been branded with Keith's initials that people that that Keith was in charge of the whole thing that this was not a women's empowerment this was a this was a get as many women involved to get to be sex slaves as possible thing um she went and uh She went and closed up shop, refunded everybody she could. And Nancy's like, she was giving away our money, our money. They made so much fucking money. And people like Sarah, who was a recruiter, made a lot of of fucking money. But they don't talk about money in the docuseries. And they should. They should. It was all about money and power. Just because Keith was just wearing sweatsuits and long breezy hair and and dirty glasses does not mean that this wasn't about money and power. Um yeah, like like I I Nancy's sobbing because she got four years or whatever. Like, yeah, man. You were the one. You 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 were an essential part of this. This is like Sammy the Bull. Being upset because cause, cause uh, he in trouble with John Gotti. You were in this together, baby. The other thing is that, so Keith used a lot of manipulation where he would tell people, he would <laughs> he would isolate people in the group by going around telling other people that that person was prideful or a bad person or and that they need a lot of help and, and so slowly but surely other people would not like fuck with that person and then you didn't have anybody but Keith texting you and asking you to come over. And Nancy was a big part of that. Even though she does talk about how 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 she was terrified Keith was going to shun her, he would tell her to be quiet in front of other people, she would not talk in front of other people. He would like he he uh you know um, targeted her daughters. Uh, yeah, but she was also like, she would be one of the people, one of the people that was spending all the time crafting narratives about someone that Keith wanted to be shunned or Keith wanted to be isolated. Uh, so yeah, when she gets four years, I'm like, okay, cool, good, good. Um, especially the witness tampering stuff. Like she, she, or the intimidation shit she was, she was not to have contact with any member of Nexium. She was continually to do that. She was continually, um, doing sessions for like, um, a wealthy, one of the wealthy Mexican, Mexican, um, um, members. And she'd get like $300 a session. And she was doing a lot in that time. And all we saw on the On the docu-series is her taking care of her dying mother, who she had a difficult relationship with. And I'm like, okay, well, we could have used more. Um, They also do not, so that Tourette's thing, uh, they do not call them out on the fact that they have to, okay, so. One cause, you know, Nancy says they've helped seventeen thousand people. Where are they? And then the next episode are is the Tourette's episode and that they seem to have some success with um helping people with Tourette's twitch less. And that means the, the the thing that they do that they can't stop doing. Um, and they interview this one guy, um I've forgotten his name. He's he was like a prominent Tourette's um someone who advocated for people with Tourette's and he doesn't have it at all anymore. He's one of the people that's standing by Keith because he feels like this work was transformative. This is, you can't do this any other anywhere else. He tells the cameras that he, um, also he knows that because he will not disavow Keith, he can't like move on because no one will have him. Um, there's, they, they all tell some version of that story. Like some of the, the people that are still like supporting Keith tell that some version of that story. And I'm like, okay, but he's a really bad person. <laughs> like And you're, and you're over here trying to convince me that you have to stay with the really bad person because other people are, are judging you. They are judging you. They're judging everybody. You still have to do what you have to do. This is there's a black chick in it. Very few black people in this cult, obviously. I'm sure I'm not gonna say that, but I'm 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 sure of some things about her. But she says that she'd like gotten away from XTM, wasn't doing anything, she was bartending, and then the, and then some blog that was following this was uh had posted where she was working and said that she was trying to sex traffic someone else there. And she's like, fuck it. I guess I just might as well go back to the cult. And I'm like, babe, no, (laughs) that's not it. (sighs) You know what it is, is that when she was in that organization in the cult, she felt like the sun was shining down there. She felt like she was in a warm, safe, dry place, right? Um... And it was, you know, it was tickling all her pleasure receptors. She felt like she was a part of something. She felt like she had a close-knit group of people, a support system. She, God. So every now and then, I don't want to talk about Kanye West, but I'm going to talk about him anyway. I think about, because I I watched that doc on Netflix on Kanye. I watched it because Kara talked about it and Kara made it sound so compelling. That was like, I'm going to watch this. This is... And it's after his mother dies and he's still on tour. He's like acting erratically and stuff. And he's on tour and he goes, people keep telling me to go home, to go home. To what? Where is home? Like the way he says this shit to his face, like his center of everything is gone now. Where do I go? You know what I mean? So like, he, he grew up with a single mom. If you, when you, when someone tells you to go home, you go to your mother, right? You, it's not like, it's not like you go to the town, you go to your, where your mother is. That, when that black girl was talking about this, I instantly knew what happened and that when she left Nexium, her entire support system was gone. She was suddenly alone because she spent all her time in Nexium pushing people away. That was like, oh, are you going to call? And she would be like, suppressive. And, and so you're gone, you're out, you're, you're like, fuck it. I guess I gotta, I guess I gotta get back into this cold ass world. And it doesn't feel good. There's nowhere to go to. And, and previously when you, when you went, when you need to go where everyone knows your name, you went back to the organization. And so that's how she ends up back in it because she has no other choice. Um, not, excuse me, let me take it back. She has other choices, It's difficult for her to see the other choices she has. I'll say that. Um, With the Tourette's guy, a couple of other people, it's like four or five people that are still supporting Keith. Um, One of them is, I think her name is Nikki. Listen, Nikki terrifies me. That big open, like face, those, those round eyes like she, when she's, and the shit she's saying to the camera, I'm like, Nikki, who, somebody come get her. Nikki says that this is all like bullshit and that women want to brand women. And if they had been Marines, everyone would have been like, oh, good for them. They're so tough. They have been, you know, a black fraternity. Oh, they're so tough. But it's because it's women, it becomes like a problem. I'm like, no, because many of the women were coerced and threatened into sex with Keith. That's the problem. But she's like, oh, that's not really a big deal. She's, throughout the, <laughs> throughout the uh, the second season, we follow her as she goes off and does things. Everything seems more misguided than than the last. Uh, there's a, they go outside the federal prison in New York and because it's, it's in the middle of every fucking thing. Um, it's not like it's a, like it's in the middle of the city. So they go, they, uh, stand outside with signs and lights and flash the lights to the window of where Keith is and communicate and make little, and through, through uh, lights and shit and dance. They play music and dance for him. This is completely unnecessary. He gets phone calls out. <laughs> this is completely fucking unnecessary. <laughs> like you literally get to speak to him. This is unnecessary. Um, and sometimes they, they do it in slow-mo on the, I like, it was real, I so. Then they're not the only ones who do this, by the way, because there are other people there doing it for other people. And one woman is talking to Nikki and they're, she's like, oh, your husband's in there? And she's like, well, not my husband yet. They, she intends to get married to Keith. Keith promises to marry everybody, by the way. Um, I'm sure she's one of the last, so I guess they're going to get married or whatever. Um, she's like, it's a bullshit case. We're just trying to, you know, it's not real. Um, she actually, her lawyer actually fires her in an email at some point and she looks devastated because her lawyer was basically like, you just, you're not listening to me. You keep doing, like, you keep going against my advice over and over again. So I can't, I can't represent you. Her lawyer said that she should go to Canada and live with her mother. Cause her mother lives in Canada. Uh, like get out of here there. You haven't been charged. Cause I guess she, they thought she was going to be charged. She wasn't charged. You haven't been charged. So while you haven't been charged, like count your fucking blessings and head right over the border, baby. But she doesn't. She wants to stay. She. It's very important that keeps innocence be maintained. Um, throughout the doc, we see them having phone calls with him, doing interviews. Um, we also see his lawyer talking. His lawyer. His lawyer seems like. His lawyer seems like. Um, You ever been in a, in a supermarket and somebody got some bad kids (laughs) and the kids are just like, just run rough shot over this person. (laughs) And they just have given up and they're like, (sighs) and you're like, excuse me, miss, excuse me, excuse me. Your kid is inside the milk uh, cooler. And she's like, okay. Like she just, (laughs) she is, they have beaten her down and that's what his lawyer looks like. Like, Okay. <laughs> um his lawyer brings up a point and his so they do re, they also do reenactments of court transcripts. So we get to hear the opening, the opening statements. Um the lawyer's case is this is that the case is child porn, I mean child um abuse of a, a child uh sex trafficking and like, what's the other thing? I've forgotten already. But th- so when they put all this evidence about Keith having sex with lots of women, Keith uh, being an asshole and promising tons of people there that they can get married or trying trying to convince this woman that uh, she... When he told Daniela about the abortion, she's like, plenty of women have done it. And she's like, really? She's like, yeah, your sister. Because he was sleeping with her sister. Her sister never told her that. Keith told her. like, So his opening statement is basically like, you know, you're gonna hear some bad stuff. You're gonna hear some stuff that doesn't agree with your moral, what you would do morally, and that's fine. But the facts of the case, we have to stick to the facts of the case. And I was like, dude, when they were reading those text messages, like you can make that, you can say that all you want to, and it is true. But for you to depend on a jury to differentiate this man who by all accounts was manipulating every possible woman in this organization to sleep with him, except for Nancy and I think Sarah. Sarah's married to a guy named Nippy. Okay. You know, you know, when I hear Nippy, I think Whitney Houston, come on, man. But, um, so... So for like you think the jury's gonna be able to 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 separate those things? I don't. I never no way. I I wasn't following the trial that closely. So so some of the evidence that was brought in, I was I was really shocked by I didn't know it was happening. Um for example, so when we talk about Daniela, Daniela's entire family is involved in the cult. Daniela was on her way to Switzerland, maybe or Sweden. I don't know. She's there. Um, They all lived in Mexico. She was on her way to some school. She got a scholarship for in Europe and it was the only scholarship given and she was going to go to college there. And her parents gave her this, um, a course from Nexium as like a graduation present. Keep him like, uh, I want to say like, it's not the president of Mexico, but like, High political figures were in Mexico were a part of Nexium and would like talk about how they helped them like be confident and everything. And so like it became like this thing for rich and connected families to kind of like dabble in it. And that's why her her parents really wanted her to like go far. So she takes the course and doesn't end up leaving. She stays with um, Keith and them in Albany. Uh, she and her sister are there. Um, He's sleeping with both of them. He started sleeping with Danielle as soon as she turned 18. She's, he's been sleeping with, uh, her name is Camilla since she was 15. They blurred all their faces out and stuff because they haven't participated in a documentary. Um, then they brought their sibling, their younger brother and younger sister up. Um, And what happens is that Danny likes someone else. Well, first of all, he isolated her until a point where no one at the organization would talk to her except for him. So he's the only one, they're best friends. He, you know, um, I gave my virginity to him. I, by the way, by the fucking way, Never trust a motherfucker. Never trust a man that wants to go down on you for hours. Never. Never. Something's always wrong with those dudes. I I can't explain it to you. I'm not saying that if a man goes down on you, he's a weirdo. Not saying that. Oral sex is wonderful. It's great. In fact, women who go down on other women, keep doing that. Not a problem at all. Keep doing it for hours if you want to. But men that are fo- that are like... As soon as we start having sex, the first thing you do is go down on me and stay down on me for like a really, really long time until it's uncomfortable. Weirdos. I've never met one. I've never been in the presence of one that, that was not a fucking weirdo. And every story told starts with Keith, even Daniela. On her 18th birthday, he basically took her to one of the townhouses they owned on there was like a mattress there and went down on her a lot and then had sex on her. I say on her, I should say to her. He had sex to her. Um he did the same thing where uh one of the one of the early DOS um uh members uh was supposed to show like vulnerability by being tied up and then as soon as they got tied up, Keith is going down on them. <sighs> I'm 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 sitting here acting like that's the weirdest thing about it. it's not. I'm just saying that like it tracks with all the other weird shit about him. Anyway, so um he's sleeping with Camilla. Um she's much she's younger. And Danny feels like isolated at all times. At one point So she's here on a visitor's visa and you can't work on a visitor's visa. So they would have her do work like under the table. She had to do a lot of book reports and shit. And um, then her visa's up. She goes back to Mexico and Keith tells her, I think I have a way for you to come back. And what she does is she goes to Canada and someone like sneaks her in through Canada. Um, so then, since she's here illegally, she doesn't, she, uh, she doesn't have access to her passport. She doesn't have access to anything. Um, and she, what can I say? She, because she thinks Keith's her best friend, she confides in Keith that she either has a crush on or kisses somebody else. And he takes this as an ethical breach. I don't know all the wordies part where he explains how this is an ethical breach, but it is. Um, and Lauren and he decide that what she needs to do is stay in a room until like basically stay in a room till you can be a good girl. And there's no lock on the door. There's just a mattress. There's nothing else. They boarded up. They've like, uh, put like paper or whatever over the window. And she has to stay there. She's not allowed to leave. She, all she can do is write letters to Keith in there to uh, kind of like, I don't know, kind of like be like, I'm sorry. Lauren comes a lot and talks to her and, and talks and, and like, it's like, you have to do, you have to make this up. And there are tons of emails between Lauren and Keith about this, right? Um This is part of the evidence. He kept everything, guys. he kept he kept nude photos Camilla sent to him when she was underage. he He kept all their texts, he kept everything. Um so Danny thinks it's, she's gonna be there for a day or two. And it just keeps going longer and longer. Uh, Keith's defense is that, oh, she wanted to be in there. She she could leave at any time. Her family was the one bringing her food and stuff. And this is all true. But can, keep in mind, her family is in the control of Keith. Even her parents are his the control. They weren't there, but they were underneath her control. Um, and underneath his control. And one day she cuts off her hair because someone left some scissors out. And uh, Keith said that that was proof that she hadn't learned anything since she'd been in there. And Lauren came to talk to her about cutting because you know Keith likes long hair. that cutting your hair is an ethical uh, violation or whatever because because you did that for to spite Keith anyway. So she's there, guys, she's there for two fucking years. She's in that room. With nothing but pen and paper and a mattress for two years. Now, did she leave? Sure. She left the room to go to the bathroom. I'm sure, like, but in essence, she was there for two fucking years. Other members would be asking about her. Like, why why don't we see Danny around anymore? Oh, they'd be like, be like, oh, she's working on something. She's working on being in a fucking room for two years. Two fucking years? She eventually... She's attempting to kill herself, okay? She decides she's gonna kill herself. But eventually changes her mind because she, she pries back the this is according to her. I don't know. She pries back the the keeping the window, covering the window and sees a bluebird out there. And It's like, no, fuck it, I'm out of here. Like she couldn't even, she couldn't leave if she wanted to because they had all her documents and everything. I'm not quite sure what happened when she left. Did she call her parents? Did did she, did she threaten them to say she was going to police unless they gave her her documents so she could leave or whatever, but um, she ends up leaving. But the story of her sister is, different. And like I said, he started sleeping with her when she was a child. And, um, I think 18s a child actually too, but you know, the law is a law. Um, by the way, the, we saw videos of his teachings that like, uh, you know, uh, having sex with teenagers isn't bad. We need to go on their mental age, not their like, and I was like, y'all sat in this, y'all sat, in these lessons where he explains to you that if you're a victim of assault or abuse, it's because you're allowing yourself to be a victim. Like, in hindsight, this is exactly what he wanted to teach. He wanted them to think these things. But in, and at the present, I'm just like, you guys just sat through here and explained that it's probably okay to have sex with children. That's okay. So, you know, he really grooms Camilla and um, he starts to introduce the sex slave narrative with Camilla. And keep in mind at this point, him and Lauren are going through it because he won't give her the baby. There's one lady that he's convinced that they can like with their minds change their body. their the like biology and so she can have a she can have a baby in her 50s they just need like but he's got this all these women and they are um a lot of them are breaking away and and giving him trouble and we see not we but they show us and with the text messages from Camilla the first the beginnings of DOS and all the sex slave stuff. In fact, Camila was the first person in DOS. And she had a, she had a, like a, a group of slaves. Um, what else do I want to talk about with the vow? I talked about how they don't show, they don't talk about the money. Um, this was a money making enterprise. I talked about how they make, Nancy seemed like an ultimate victim when in fact, she, she was a willing participant in this and she was the only reason Keith was able to do this because Keith is lazy. Keith is all sorts of things. Um, she's the one actually doing the work. She's the one, she's the one running the day to day. I mean, he, he's still asleep because he was at midnight volleyball guys. Come on. Um, oh, she got 42 months. What else? and here's the other thing it's she she was on house arrest for the trial and so she doesn't get time served if she had been in prison for the year year and a half I guess where they were trying to 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 do to try the case she'd be getting out in two and a half years um or less because 42 months is not exactly four years um Oh, like they talked about other things that she'd done. Uh, where they had they had been keeping like uh, information on what they consider enemies of Nexium. And so they they had like private financial documents. They've been like gathering information on them, and then they Nexium had, had suits someone who left uh, their parents and the cult. Like, you know, they got one of those cult experts to help them get out of the cult. They sued them for copyright infringement. Uh, Those people sued them back. Nexium went to court and had, like, edited out a bunch of shit in the videos to, like, kind of, like, make it look like the abuse didn't happen. Uh, Nancy was a part of that. Nancy committed a lot of fucking crimes, guys. She's not some... You know, she says I'm just a Jewish girl from New Jersey. Cool. Um, she she talks about growing up and and wanting to her mother's approval and wanting to um, just just like accommodate other people at all times. Fine, but you committed these fucking crimes, and apparently with zeal. Okay, so. I don't know. Like that's not in the doc at all. Oh, this isn't like, um, this isn't like super important, but the Tourette's episode where they showed the guy with Tourette's. that's still, that's still, um, well, he doesn't have any more. That's, that's still supporting Keith. And there's a girl named Isabel or Isabella. Maybe is, I think it's Isabel, And we see footage of her, like, on 2020 and on like other documentary about Tourette's from when she's a child. And Nancy really did quote unquote help her um, with Tourette's by saying that she's choosing Tourette's and helping her stop with her tics. She would hit herself a lot or hit other people. But... She also has OCD and it would make her OCD worse. Um, it made her OCD worse. Also, they were trying to convince her to stay, but she had heard about all the doll shit and she left and she, and uh, did just her little segment was her, um, like just trying to get her life back together after all this and whether it was better or not. And I'll say this, um, that girl is very self-possessed, even as a child, like, like I don't know, she's just a very calm voice. She very sure of herself, very sure of what she's saying, even as they interviewed her as a child with Tourette's. And I found her story to be a good addition because here is something like, the visible signs of her Tourette's are gone now. And her parents don't understand, well, They're divided. Her father's like, okay, they're a bad group and they did some bad things, but, um, at least your Tourette's is gone. And her mother's like, I don't see how you can separate the two. Um, according to her, she wasn't, um, she wasn't abused by Keith, but I can also see like not wanting to say that, (laughs) like not wanting to like tell that on camera. Um, But it has had lasting effects on her and she doesn't know if getting rid of the Tourette's was worth it. Um, I read some other stuff about the, the, the second season of it and they brought up some good points in that every subject is treated as if they are telling the truth. Every subject, every person that gets on the screen is treated as if they're telling the truth. And when some things you should not let someone say on screen and not back it up. For example, the Tourette's work, they are very vague about what they did and who they did it with. And normally you would want to know how many students did you see? What were the, you know, what's the percentage of results? What, you know, like that. And they don't do any of that. Uh, the article I read pointed out that they let Nancy say that she's like, I don't know, a premier brain person for this thing that is, there is debate whether it even exists. And they just let her draw a little squeaky of a brain or they put a little brain thing on the screen instead of like being, you know, they did not, uh, they did not ask her in any way like about all that money that was taken out of her house, half a million dollars in in cash was in her house, guys. She had to give up a Steinway piano too. Mm. um, Let's see. I also like, I can't believe they got Nancy to do this. Especially the time she was pending her sentencing. I can't believe they got Nancy to do this. I can't believe they got Nikki to do this. Nikki has done so much press. I was like, they only make fun of you. Why do you keep getting on here trying to explain like how it's no big deal? (laughs) Like it is a big deal. Have have you been in court? Oh, um, Nippy was at court and he had mentioned, he was talking to Sarah on the phone and he had mentioned that like when, sex abuse stuff would come up those four or five people that are still on his side that are trying to like work out an appeal and stuff would leave why do you want to well sarah said this she's like why would they want to leave they they really don't care and all these things and nippy said exactly what the truth is and that they can't believe it they have to walk out they have to say it's a lie because otherwise what are you doing you know what i mean Um, at this point they have to, um, but yeah, I don't know how they got Nancy to do this. I mean, I know how they got Nancy to do this, but they really shouldn't have gotten Nancy. Nancy should have never done this. Um, well actually no, because they didn't ask her any of the tough questions. So maybe she should have, Nikki should have done it. Nikki looked like the Lulu. She looked delusional. Um, anything else about it I wanted to talk about? No, I think that's everything. I just... I enjoyed the docu series. It's too many episodes, though. Obviously, you guys know that. It's too many fucking episodes, and I really think what's the one on? Uh, I can't remember it, but the one on stars that centered around India, I think, was a little bit more. Um, I don't know, hard hitting maybe. India, Nexium, stars. Let me figure out what it's called. Seduced Inside the the Nexium Cult. I would watch that. I would, I feel like what it is, is the first two episodes of, so if you, if you, I don't know why you'd be listening to this if you haven't watched any of The Vow, but if you haven't, I start with season one, I watched like two episodes and then I switched to Seduced because I think that gives like a more like a straightforward account of what happened. Um, and then i come back and do season two because the, the trials are interesting. They also interviewed, they interviewed the prosecutor. They interviewed the defense attorney. They interviewed a, a reporter that was on the, that was, um, following the case. And she had said that she, um, follows cases like this all the time, but it is really like, this is one of the, the stuff was like, it was hitting her. Um, at one point the, the, the verdict's coming back and she has to run and she's like dropping papers and shit and just leaving them and I I feel like someone in production was like we'll get it for you (laughs) um but I concur with her in that like the episode called the room is really triggering with the Danny shit and the next episode with the Camila stuff is really fucking tough um in the footage you see of him interacting with these women, it is very obvious that he has breached some boundaries. Um, and the idea that their parents kind of just was like, yeah, send them to Albany to get more information from this guy who's very influent- influential with influential people here where we are and is, is, is tough. In fact, there's a recording of, Keith talking to her parents, explaining Danny's parents, well, Danny and Camilla's parents, but talking about Danny explaining why she needs to stay in that room. And he's just like, do you know what she's done? Has she told, and he's very vague, but what they, I don't think what they realize is that she's done something to offend him, not necessarily like, but even whatever she'd done, why does she need to stay in a room for two years? Oh, I'll I'll give him some grace on that because no one said two years. Even Danny thought she she'd she'd be there for the week and she'd write some letters to Keith and she'd come out. But it just kept going on and on and on and on. Yeah, I recommend it. Um I think that's all the opinions I have on it. Thank you guys for listening this week. Uh I don't know when this is coming out. But uh Yeah, thanks. Later.